Hi everyone and welcome to Trading for Life Redeemed. I'm your host Dan, as always I'm sitting here with my father David Jackson. We are continuing to have a look at the book of Matthew. We are up to chapter 18 today and we're only going to focus on this single chapter today because there's plenty of meat I guess in there, there's plenty <laughs> to talk about. Uh, so chapter 18 Dad is going to start off by talking about you know who is ranked highest in the kingdom of God and yeah. how do you get the highest. So what does what does Jesus mean here? Like he's going to talk about whoever humbles himself as a child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. What does that mean? Do I just <laughs> just like oh yeah I'll I mean my kids aren't humble. <laughs> it that's where I think people have misunderstood this section about children uh, quite dramatically. We've sort of got distracted into thinking about all the cute little qualities of children. Mm. My suggestion is go and do some babysitting with a two-year-old <laughs> and you'll discover that's not what Jesus is talking about. Um, so this is this is about who is significant, who's important in the kingdom of God. And we grew up, we grow up in a society which ranks people and values people, I think, at their money, at their... Uh, what do we call them? Influences. Mm, yeah, that's a new yeah. word. Um, <laughs> these are these are the people who are important, and that's not who Jesus thinks is important. So, in here, this is about learning to be God's forever family, and in God's forever family, everybody uh, is important. My father-in-law used to, your grandpa used to, he was a real estate salesman. Uh, and he would say, a thing is only worth what someone's willing to pay for it. And in his application of that as a godly man, his comment was, which means you're worth what God was prepared to pay for you. Mm. Now, when we take that equation and we look at people, the insignificant, the bypassed, um, the ignored, the shunned, suddenly become worth the same uh, as everybody else. I think this is a really cute scene because they're back in Capernaum after the Transfiguration. They've been up north. They come back. It looks to me like they're having a barbecue at Peter's house. Yeah. So you've got the disciples are back. Uh, they've gone into the house, which I, because they don't mention Mary or the brothers because they're cranky yep. uh, with Jesus, where they think he's gone mad. They've gone to Peter's house, I think, and Jesus is able to just reach over and pull a child in. Where did the child come from? Well, the answer, and, and whose child am I pulling, you know? <laughs> um, these would be people we know and we're very... I think this is a, a family gathering of the 12 disciples and Jesus. They've been away camping with Jesus. They've come back which means they're back with their families, which means we're back having a barbie together. And these would be one of the, probably one of Peter's kids. Yeah. And I, the other thing I'd add to this too is that today when we talk about the value and the place of kids, like it's shifted a lot from where it used to be. Like even as I grew up, like we weren't number one, <laughs> you know, in the family. Whereas these days, our culture has shifted so that everything revolves around the, the children in our that are in our lives, rather than children kind of just fitting into everything else that's going on in the family. That like a lot of culturally we've shifted that, uh, and so I think remembering 
that you know when you're talking we're talking about you know, children actually having a lesser place in well, society back then like they they're not making way for the well, child and sitting there and go to any church and the pressure is on i remember the pressure being quite strong that we're in church we don't want the children disrupting things get rid of the children mm. so the children all have to go off to children's church so that the adults can have some peace and quiet and if you watch television uh, ads um, there's a great ad at the minute for, you know, why is grandma here? And mum and dad jump in the car and drive off and leave the kids with grandma. Uh, and it's called freedom. Yeah. And you go, why did you have kids? Um, so when we, when we planted a church, as you well remember, we had the kids in church for the whole service. We used the International Children's Bible as our pulpit Bible. And we focused on pointing kids to Christ and the adults followed along under the philosophy if the kids understand it, the adults will catch on. <laughs> it worked. Yeah. <laughs> it worked. But that's what Jesus is doing here. He's pulling a, people who are ignored, people who are told to go away, mm, okay. and he's making them equal importance to Peter. So I think that reframes the whole way we look at people, uh, and they are the people who God has created loved and paid that ultimate price to redeem. Not that every child is saved. He's not saying that. But don't look at people and go, oh, you're not important. I'll, you know, I want to follow the important... I'm going to network with the important people. Yeah. Uh, try networking with the ones Jesus is interested in. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. The next section we're going to move on to talks about... I mean, the Bible uses the word stumbling blocks. Uh, <laughs> we're not meant to put stumbling blocks in front of people. And then he talks about getting rid of your eye and the cutting off your hand cutting and whatever else. <laughs> but uh, you're actually... We were chatting before this about this actually not referring to stumbling blocks, but actually referring to essentially like a trigger plate and a trap. Yeah. So, so I'll just... I've got one here, um, which I will gently bring across. These are banned. I don't know whether the camera can see this, um, but these are banned in Australia, and so they jolly well ought to be. They're cruel, horrible things. Trapping an animal uh, was a cruel business. Uh, in Australia, they used to trap foxes and rabbits. Um, but the the word that Jesus is using is the word scandalon, and the word scandalon refers to the trip plate uh, in an animal trap. So if you put your foot on the trip plate, the trap snaps shut, and when the trap snaps shut, you're caught. Well, with these particular traps, I remember as a child these things being around. I remember being warned not to watch where I walk <laughs> <laughs> with these things. Um, but I will demonstrate this thing if you... Yeah. If you want to come and look at the YouTube video, yeah. those of you who are yeah. listening to the podcast. You'll hear the sound... And, and that's enough. I'm worried it's going to fall out of your hand while you do this. <laughs> oh, look, you know, done this a few times. But the scene is, that's some poor animal's leg. Yeah. Now, if you're caught in a trap and the farmer comes by and you're caught in the trap, you're dead. So a fox will chew his leg off to escape. It's a horrible, horrible... That's why these things are banned. They're terrible. Um... But Jesus is talking about exactly that. And he's saying that if you're going to be offended by Jesus, if you're going to you know, take issue with Jesus, you're going to fall back into the bondage of sin and death 
and you want to get out of there. You do not want if if you have a problem with Jesus, if you have a problem with the Bible, that's going to put you in a place where you are trapped and you're not going to hear the grace, you're not going to hear the, the mercy that Jesus is pouring out for you, and you're going to stay there until judgment day. You know, better you might find it offensive, you might find it violates your social values or something, but it's the word of God. Mm. Don't get trapped into some worldview that forces you to or causes you to reject one word of what Jesus has said or what the, the Bible says. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this passage follows that kind of imagery of, you know, don't falling into your trap, cutting, like chewing through your foot to escape the trap. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, not suggesting you chew your legs off. No, you but know. then follow that up with the idea of, you know, Jesus talks about you know, the celebration of finding a <clears throat> finding a sheep that went astray, and, and I mean, there's part of me that's like you know, a sheep that's been astray could have stepped in one of those traps. That's right. <laughs> uh, and now it's you, know, you go and you find it and you free it and you're, you're rescuing it. And I think that's that's great imagery to then see. Well, of course you're going to re- celebrate the fact that the sheep didn't die. Like it can't this, chew its this leg is, off. <laughs> this, is, this is the farmer who came to rescue, and 99 sheep who think that they are you know, God's gift to the world, and Jesus will go after the one that is lost, that is vulnerable, that is just out there and needs rescuing. Not because it's a cute little lamb. If anybody who farms sheep knows they're smelly, stinky, stupid things. <laughs> um, the, going after that one lamb is out of proportion to the 99 he left behind. That That... That one that you would normally look at and say, oh, well, I guess he's lost, forget him. God doesn't forget him. He doesn't, doesn't forget anybody. He's after them. Uh, that's, that's the grace that, that he's demonstrating here. It's not, you don't, the ignored, the shunned, the unimportant people, God is going to go after them. Don't fall into the trap of sin. Don't, don't think this is a light business. Uh, You've got to f- stay with Jesus, stay with that grace. And, of course, then that flows straight on to, well, what do you do? Because when you get to that lost sheep, he may well turn around and tell you to get lost. What do you do with him then? So lost sheep sheep are God's people. How do they get lost? They walk away. Hmm. Do you let people walk away? Well, Jesus, the great shepherd, goes after him. I guess we should too. And that leads us to the next bit. Yeah. Yeah, so in the next bit, when you go after the lost sheep, and the sheep says, I don't want to come back. Uh, I don't care that I'm lost. Uh, and so that's the idea of church discipline then. Is, yeah. yeah. They were part of the flock of Jesus, and now they really they don't want to be, um, essentially. But can you just walk us through the basic process and what that looks like for yeah. us? It's it's a wonderful process. I've seen it done once. It'll be written up in the notes uh, when I get them up on the website. But if you if you get trapped in sin, if you give in to sin and it leads you to walk away from Jesus and his people, God will go after you, but so should his people. This is family. We don't lose family. We go after them. Uh, we want to be reconciled. We want to bring them back. And that's, that's a process. If it's done, if the family relationships are important, people cannot stay away. It's too great a cost. 
they'll sin, they'll go away. I watched a family go through this at one stage. And the, 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 the person who'd sinned came back to the church and said, this is too much, it's unbearable, I can't. Six months and I've had no contact with people I grew up with and I love. Uh, I've got to make a choice between what I wanted to do and my relationships with all these people and with God. Well, I guess I'm going to have to give up what I wanted to do because this is more important. Mm. And that's the trap business happening. She came back, it was not a dry eye in the house, you know, great celebration. Uh, reconciling a marriage, reconciling families. That's what the process is about. To do it, you've got to be brave to confront people, to bring witnesses, to go through a process with the church. But the whole aim is to bring that sheep back. And if at the end of that they tell you to go jump in a lake, jump in a lake. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, let them go. We let them go and we pray and we pray that natural consequences will work their way out in the providence of God, and they'll see that this is, you know, how's life working out for you? I need to go back. Um, the trap is, is not worth it. All right, and then Peter's going to ask Jesus <laughs> a question about how many times we need to forgive someone. Uh, <laughs> there are days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I look at it, though, and think, you know, the number of times that my children sin against me, and yeah, you know, when would you stop forgiving? Like they're still your kids. Just, that's right. Just just keep going. As long as they're coming back and saying, "I'm sorry," you know, then it's like it's your, it's kind of what you do. You want to like it's yeah, and knowing that that's what God wants, and then your your role within that is to actually see the other person very similarly as yeah, God's child. Of we're being Christ, hmm. you know, representing Christ to our kids, and to those shunned and lost and marginalised and. People who are not valued—that's that's the whole nature of the kingdom of God. It's countercultural. So we we go in love, we go in grace, and there's a beautiful contrast here. Back in Genesis four, Lamech takes a second wife, so he's introducing polygamy into the world. Oh, I'll have any woman I like. You're cute. Come over here. Um, oh, you've got a husband or a fiance. Uh, oh, problem solved. Bang, you're dead. Yeah. So Lamech is boasting of his power to take any woman he likes and kill any man that gets in the way. And he says, you know, if God, if Cain is avenged 70 times, Lamech is avenged 77 times. You mess with God, you get seven. You mess with me, you get 77. Hmm. And Jesus turns around and flips that on its head and says, you'll forgive 77, not take vengeance 77. Leave that to the Lord. Yeah. It's, it's a wonderful picture of grace. Well, now that brings us to the end of chapter 18 and the end of this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love for you to leave us a review. If you want to grab the study notes that go along with this episode, they will be up by the time the episode is out. <laughs> head over to trainingforliferedeem.com slash 75. Yeah. Yeah. And please make sure you hit the subscribe button. Come back and join us again next week when we're talking about chapter 19, where we're going to be looking at divorce, children, and, you know, why is this rich young ruler coming to uh, ask Jesus how to get into heaven. See you then. It's all good.